That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> okay. Cool, 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 cool. You're listening to Music Well. Welcome back to the next episode here of Music Well, where we think deeply about and through music. It's a pleasure today to be sharing a microphone with a very close friend of mine, Miss Katie Fritzke. She's a very talented vocalist and performer. We're going to talk today about what it means to be a performer compared to a musician. We'll get into some of the psychology behind that, some of the challenges and rewards of being up on stage in front of people, and we'll listen to a few select songs and see what has inspired Miss Katie Fritzke to do what she does. (laughs) Hi, Katie. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yeah. What's your background? Give us a little background. Oh, man. Okay. My background with music... I grew up with a mom who was a singer, and uh, her dad was a singer, so that's kind of where music became um, a main focus in our family, and then due to my mom, I started singing in church when I was like four years old, and then from there, I just basically sang in church until high school, and that's when I started singing with choirs and learned some vocal technique from that. And then I sang for one semester in college, and then I thought I was done. And I don't think I was really singing in church, actually, after that either. Um, and then it wasn't until, I think, my early 20s after college, moving out of the house and everything, that I was working in one of my first <laughs> um, professional positions. And then I kind of got discovered at that time. I was working in a retirement home, and I had two jobs at the time. And I remember one day um, setting up an activity. That was what I was doing, activities. And I was kind of humming along with a musician in the corner. And that musician happened to be the mother of um, a woman in town who has been singing professionally her whole life. And from there, that's been a whirlwind of, like, singing for four years professionally. And I've been to Italy with that um, woman I mentioned performing. And I've worked with big names in town and... um, it's been a great, just a great ride. Did you know you had a voice that people would appreciate, you know, an exceptional voice? Because I'll say that you do have an exceptional Thanks. voice. Did you know that kind of growing up or you thought, oh, you know, I know how to sing, but nothing, no big deal? Yeah, I mean, I knew I had, I guess you could say exceptional. I knew I was above average in choir and everything, but I just never had this idea that I could make money or follow that kind of passion with with my voice so that's been a new kind of exciting endeavor exciting journey in the last few years Mm -hmm. it's really nice to be able to be able to be paid for your passion sometimes I think it eliminates the passion right people talk about that a lot where now if they're getting paid for their art it kind of diminishes the art but I've also worked full-time this whole experience, and so I don't depend on the money. So that's just kind of a nice perk. I actually just reinvested in my health or in lessons. I mean, I've had only two lessons vocally, but, I mean, 
that paid for those lessons and other things that I've done to kind of enhance my life. So. Yeah, and even though those are official lessons, I mean, you've had other training over the years. A little, and singing yeah. In church, singing in choir, you've got to pay attention. You got to know what your cues are. You got to think about your technique, right? Where you yeah. fit in. Yeah, I didn't realize how much my mom had taught me until I think I still think of the lessons she's taught me when I'm performing now. But honestly, everything I've really, really learned has been by ear. And just kind of learning how to imitate. I'm a very good imitator. And so I don't think it was until maybe my first year singing, quote unquote, professionally, that I actually was trying to learn who my voice was or what my voice was. And some of the ways I would do that, I was, I'd, I'd learn a song and listen to it maybe once or twice through and then stop listening to it and try to remember what it was and sing it as me instead of singing it as that artist. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're able to imitate the sound yeah the the Mm -hmm. timbre of other vocalists Mm -hmm. yeah yeah which is i think it's a great way to train but it can also be a handicap when you're trying to learn who you are and what you sound like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so question i have um that we've sort of talked about is uh what does it mean for you to be a musician so we'll start there if somebody's a musician or somebody wants to become a musician, how will they how they be they be able to make that happen? So, like a musician, like are we doing the vice versa? Or are we doing yeah, we'll start with the yeah comparison. Okay, yeah, because I I think there's a very big difference between being a musician and an artist like that, and then being a performer. And we've talked about like melding those two things together, which is kind of your ultimate goal. But a musician, in my opinion, this is all my opinion, um, is someone that they're, they are basically getting into their own world and exploring what their art means to them. And then some people can kind of glom onto that and, and get excited and join their journey um, versus an entertainer who I think they're much more aware of what the general population wants and it matches, maybe it matches their soul and their passion. And so... But they're very aware of how they're coming across and whatnot and gathering an audience and creating their their tribe. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of the main difference. Now, they both, there are similarities. They both have to be musically skilled. Yeah. Right? I Mm -hmm. mean, even if you're a performer and your main objective is to entertain people, to get them to dance, get them to kind of escape through music, they still have to be able to stay on key, stay in tempo, yeah. um, meld with the band that they're playing with or, you know, the rest of the band. Um, but there's a distinguishing factor, and that is that it sounds like uh, musicians are exploring their inner person and they're generating. Mm-hmm. They're trying to capture that unknown amorphous experience and thought life and emotions mm-hmm. and put that into something that's experienceable, if I can put it that way. Yeah. Something yeah. that others can connect to um Mm -hmm. so starting from nothingness creating something tangible whereas performers take something that already is in existence a a song music and then presenting that maybe in their own unique way Mm -hmm. is that fair yeah i think that's another way to look at it i i think we're trying to make a very specific narrow definition for each of these which which you can't um and an entertainer there's like a spectrum of being an entertainer being like someone where, um, I mean, I'm not positive on this, but I don't know if Britney Spears has ever really written anything herself. However, she's a phenomenal entertainer. I mean, look at her residency in Las Vegas. 
And then there's an entertainer where you have like Prince who wrote everything. And he was a phenomenal entertainer at the same time. And then a musician where you have someone on stage kind of or wherever they are doing whatever they want to do art-wise and they don't really care if anyone's joining them in that journey. And then the other side of that spectrum where um, I think it, it kind of almost works back to Prince again where he, I, I think kind of see him in the middle where he is a musician. He is a um, a true artist, and he, but he's also um, on that farther end of entertainment. I kind of, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, he probably blended, it seems like he blended those two aspects yeah. really well mm-hmm. into a unique, that's him as a person. Yeah. yeah. And he completely accepted that. One of the artists that you brought to my attention mm-hmm. when we're talking about this aspect of being an entertainer is uh, Julia Michaels. So yeah. you you were saying, or, uh, teach us about her and how she defines perhaps the musician side and also how she works with performers. Yeah, she's fascinating. Um, I don't know a ton about her. I'm not an expert. But what I do know about her is that she's been writing music with some of the most well-known musicians out there or entertainers out there for several years. So she works with, like, Justin Bieber. Um, I mean, you could Google Julia Michaels and or YouTuber, and then you can see what top songs um, are actually written or co-written by her. It's amazing. So... I think, from what I understand, she was encouraged by all these artists to write your own stuff and, like, record your own stuff. And, oh, there's a song, and I, I think it is the one that I showed you, um, that she was trying to write for another artist but just couldn't give it away. And so she had to record it herself because it was such, like, her story, which I think is really um, powerful. So that's kind of an artist, writer, moving into entertainer. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that makes me think of painters who were commissioned by others to create a, a visual oh. work of art, mm-hmm. right? And it might not be the um, the painter's original concept. The whoever's commissioning them, their mm-hmm. customer, their client mm-hmm. is the one who has the concept, and the and the painter comes up with the technique, comes up with the form, brings it into life. You know, so it seems like Julia Michaels is that kind of who she's got the skill set, the tools, the ability to generate but at the request of others. Yeah. I mean, it would be like a dream to be able to write with her because she can draw out your thoughts um, and put them into simple words and simple concepts. I mean, lyrics, you can't write really, really like um, sophisticatedly often. Like They need to be simple and be able to be sung, right? So she can take these concepts and just make them singable and also clever. Yeah. Let's hear an example. We have one of her songs. Mm-hmm. It's called Jump. I got the acoustic version right oh, here. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Stay right there, get away. Honey's face, I told you yesterday. So the pace down, then I see your face. Can we do that tomorrow? Cause now you're moving in. Almost can I move back with my lips? It goes against my better judgment. Cause I, cause I want it. Uh, and I'm gonna be cliche for a minute. And tell you that I've been hurt before. So I think I'm gonna need another minute to not hurt no more. Cause all I do is jump. I 
Can you sing it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think she's so clever. Also, this song is driven vocally um well obviously but the rhythm is vocal mm-hmm. It's so catchy, right? Mm-hmm. Is she playing guitar too? I don't think so. I think it's someone else. This acoustic version is really cool. You can hear everything she's saying. Um, I like this one. I, I think that the other one is... It harnesses the song better. But I love this version too. You can hear everything. Yeah, I opt, well, at least for vocalists, vocal-heavy songs. I love the acoustic version. Yeah. You can really hear the nuance in voices. Yeah. Sometimes diction is hard to understand with different artists, so you're right, acoustic can be a better way to hear them, I think. <laughs> nice. So you, um, did you start out... You started out as a musician where you knew you had the skills, but then you've had to learn to be an entertainer, right? Uh, to yeah. be up in mm-hmm. front of people. Now, here's a here's a background <laughs> story. When I first met you, um, yeah. I didn't know who you were. I, I stumbled upon you as you were, uh, we were at the, the Thai Lounge at the Biltmore here. Yeah. <laughs> and you were singing backup, right? Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, for the other artists you met, uh, mm-hmm. spoke about. And I noticed at that point you were um, you were holding your presence, but you know it seemed like you were new to being up in yeah, front of people. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, nice of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the main singer, she was obviously taking up the whole presence on the stage. Right. All right, but then um, I think I told you last year, maybe it was early year or midsummer, that I noticed a change in your presence on hmm. stage. That your stance was more sure that you had kind of like a confidence in your shoulders and chest, like that you were firm, you know, that you knew what you were doing. And it was a definite change of character on stage. Mm. Um, cool. So it's a growth. Yeah, growth mm-hmm. towards this entertainment um, ability. But mm-hmm. what what are some ways that you found helpful or how have you learned to become more of an entertainer as opposed mm. to just a musician? Oh, thanks for that compliment too. <laughs> it's 
nice to know that I have grown because it's been a big goal of mine. Ah, how? So how did I get to where I am now more? Um, it's really interesting. I was kind of talking about this topic with, um, with my boyfriend and he went to a conference actually for like tech um, and for business. And they were, there's a speaker there talking about an alter ego, which I think is just fascinating because it's literally what I did to try to shift into being comfortable on stage was just trying to have this alter ego or actually in some way maybe even like the purest form of me and actually pull that out and stop worrying about what anyone thought about me and just be confident knowing that I know how to sing this song potentially better than anyone in this room maybe not (laughs) but I'm gonna believe that and I'm gonna sing this song as well as I can um and I wasn't great at it at the beginning. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I think kind of to step back for a second, that's kind of why I've continued this journey for about four years here is I want to not be afraid. And I was very afraid on stage when I was doing background vocals. Um, I mean, even when I was singing in high school, I remember in a rehearsal coming up to my solo and almost fainting because I was so nervous in the rehearsal to do this stinking solo and so um I don't like feeling afraid I don't know who does and so I just kind of wanted to conquer that and that's why I was very determined to become an entertainer and I do not believe I'm like perfect at it yet at all but I think I've gotten a lot better at it I'm working right now I'm working on being able to speak to the audience there's some people that are really good at that I am mediocre at it I'm getting better at it um but I'm not just sitting there singing my songs anymore, which is kind of what I'm saying about being an entertainer versus just a musician. You can get up there and I can maybe sing a song perfectly note by note, but I might be staring at my iPad and just looking at the lyrics or staring at a musician instead of bringing the audience with me. Yeah. I like to think about the impact that an audience has on performers. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. So, absolutely. Right. If an if yeah. an audience, if if we in the audience are really into the show, like we're up, we're dancing. If that's where the song's taking us, or clapping, or shouting <laughs> out, how how does a performer uh, receive that? An entertainer. How does that? How do you translate that? Or what do you do well, with that kind of energy? Huge deal. Yeah. If you're having all your audience is giving you the TV look, which is what I call people just like like they are like watching a TV, right? The audience doesn't know how to interact anymore with an entertainer. Uh, my mom talks about this a lot, how even singing at church, which is where my mom still sings, people have moved into this like glass-eyed look while they watch you. And so even at the Biltmore or wherever I'm performing um, in town here, people still give you that glass-eyed look and then they'll come up to you after the show and tell you how it was so touching for them and how wonderful like the whole <laughs> experience was. When I didn't get that from them when they were watching. So, yeah, you're, you're saying like when you can feel the audience energy with you, it does make a big difference. Hmm. Have you ever noticed, have you noticed a difference um, between daytime shows and nighttime shows? Very much. It's like yeah. as soon as the sun goes down. Yeah. I don't know why, but it it clicks something different. Have you? Uh, <laughs> as an audience member, uh-huh. yeah. Oh, really? I feel, I feel more inclined to get up and move around when it's a nighttime event. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think that is? Um, I think partly there's 
I sense that the day is coming to an end, so I want to maybe end on a high note. Oh, cool. Um, maybe yeah. that there's like a change of depth that we're in the shadows a little bit, and so we feel a little bit more free to kind of move around or be more interactive. Mm -hmm. um, typically at night if we're at, we eat dinner and we have drinks, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> so that kind of changes the mood. Yeah. Yeah, um, compared to like a date, like a, a wedding event mm -hmm. or uh, festival shows during the day. The energy's different, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. I think that's really interesting what you said about um, it's almost like a nighttime venue or the night is a cloak for you to just relax a little more and feel a little more um, confident, I guess, or out there. Or I don't know how to. Well, I mean, what, what happens to, to people at a masquerade? You're wearing a mask, so sometimes you can get a little more wild. So sometimes I think the darkness, at least I know for me, I like singing at night much more because i feel like uh, a little more security and a cloak really to just hide a little bit behind even though i'm not hiding i'm on stage <laughs> it feels really different and the musicians are like that too yeah as and, soon and as the sun goes down it switches <laughs> and you're the um you're the quarterback if you will you're the mm -hmm. centerpiece for the band right because you're the leader so yeah you're, you're, you're mostly calling the shots right mm -hmm. Uh, for the yes, band yes and i this is an interesting thing to learn um oh my so not only am i learning how to sing the songs correctly and well and getting the audience to buy in and be part of the production i am learning how to communicate with musicians on what exactly i want it to sound like because i am the quarterback even though we're a team and we could never function without one of the members and i have the mic um you know, none of them have the mic. And so I am learning how to count off songs and I'm learning how to articulate this is the feel of this song. This is like a bossa nova or whatever we're doing. So, yes, I am learning a lot still. Yeah. Um, and you're probably picking up on the energy of the musicians too. If somebody's having a flat night yeah. or it's weird, you were just saying mm -hmm. that. Uh, you were playing with a musician recently who had a seemed like he was having an off night, mm -hmm. and that that affects you uh, and your approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I I wish it didn't, but also I it's good. A musician or an artist, I mean, there's that really like emotional side, I believe, to most of us. <laughs> and so, and I think that's why we do what we do, and because music is the language of emotion and heart. I mean, music communicates in a way that you can't always articulate. And lyrics either guide that or the music guides that. So I think every musician that I choose to work with, I, f I pick them out because they have a good heart and because I can connect with them, like my heart, my spirit, I can feel that connection. And so that's when I continue to work with them. If I don't feel it, then I don't work with them anymore. So yes, if someone's having an off night, it, you have to not let it affect you and try to maybe even pull them up with you. Yeah. Is that where the alter ego comes in? Like if you're wearing mm. that hat or even that, you know, dress of a person, that yeah. other version of yourself, can you continue on even though something's off or even the alter mm. ego sort of doesn't, isn't able to adapt? That depends. At the beginning when I was trying this out, this alter ego-ish thing, <laughs> I wasn't good at it yet. And so, yeah, things would pull me out of concentration and focus very quickly and if you rock my mood my mood's just gone for the rest of the night or gig but I've gotten stronger and also my alter ego is no longer necessarily alter 
it's become more of me and I'm really grateful. And that's been a really great practice of this, um, or a result of the practice. But yeah, I think your moods affect. And I told you this the other day that, uh, when I go into my alter ego or at least when I was starting, like I wear a specific perfume, I only wear it when I'm going to perform. And I still do that. I wear specific shoes often. Um, I wear, I mean, I have many, many outfits and stuff, but I, I'm thinking about it and it's a ritual. I listen or watch the same show before I go and I, uh, put on specific makeup. It's very, it's thought out, um, so that I am able to mentally transform. Yeah. Those are cues, Mm -hmm. cues that something's about to happen and Mm -hmm. it's something that requires a lot of you a lot of your energy, a lot of creativity, a lot of focus. Mm-hmm. You can't just walk into that haphazardly. Right. Yeah. I remember watching the Lady Gaga documentary. Oh, my gosh. She was talking yeah. about her outfit for the Super Bowl performance and how mm-hmm. somebody had changed the material. Mm-mm. Right. <laughs> and she's, I mean, I was so impressed and surprised at how methodical she is. She said that when uh, whoever was the costumer changed that material, when she moved her arm, um, the cloth had a different resistance mm. or it didn't move as quickly. And so for her and her, and her routine, she noticed that and that threw her off and it frustrated her. Yeah. And at first you could say, you could might think, Oh, you're, you know, you're just being really particular, you know, mm. you're having high standards on others, but she has the right. If she is that focused, that trained, mm-hmm. um, to get to that high of a level, mm-hmm. um, she need she has a right to uh, get things in the order that she needs in order to perform for us. Right. You know, I think that is so fascinating. It might sound like you're kind of saying like crazy that this material matters, but for someone, an artist is a unique creature. And so you're right. She has to have specific things in place for her to do her best art. And so I think it is difficult to be understood by some some types of people who don't understand that every single detail affects your inner self, your mood, and your spirit. So yeah, I think that's, I remember that as well in the documentary. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Now, you didn't know this about me, but I was in a band in high school. Oh. <laughs> in a rock band. What? I listened to a lot wow. of uh, like Deftones, Corn, uh-huh. Limp Bizkit, uh-huh. the harder metal stuff. And we did a few shows. Wow. Uh, I was up in San Jose recently, and I remember the Cactus Club. It's a little club oh, downtown. <laughs> um, fits probably a couple hundred people. And our our one show we did there, we maybe had about 45, 50 yeah. of our friends and family and all that out to support us. Mm-hmm. I even have video. I, I'll, maybe I'll put oh, that in. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Post-production. <yes>. But <laughs> I, I did not reach that level of particularity for her performance. I just wanted to show up, make sure the bass was in tune. And try to not forget my parts while I'm headbanging with my long hair. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, I one, love that. One of the songs you, uh, another song you mentioned is by Breaking Benjamin, the song yeah, Breath. And, I love uh, them. You say that you're uh, curious about this style of music. We'll play it. And then uh, if you have questions, I can explain a little about metal. Mm, you know, okay. Yeah, there you go. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
the basis is using a pick. Ah. <laughs> Expert bassist in the room. This is you. So, would you ever sing something like this? Yeah, I actually been trying to find someone um, to, to do this one with me, cover it. But I don't know. Everyone's always daunted by that. <laughs> I think the lyrics are incredible. I think the music is very sophisticated, if I can use that word. Like, this song is amazing. It's such a piece of art. And I would love to do this one, but it's nowhere close to the genre that I do. Mm-hmm. How do, you, do you know how to do those vocal techniques? I mean, it's a little bit more. I mean, I learned how to imitate that song. Growl and uh, screaming. I can't scream out. I yeah. have tried, uh -huh. and that he's not screaming. But I, I've gotten better at the growl in the last few months. <laughs> I'm in a new band, and my other vocalist partner in that group, he, he does have a gravelly, grov whatever kind of voice, and I'm still like that sweet. Blah, 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 too pure kind of sound, and so I'm learning how to get a little more grit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I I just, I also brought this song because you mentioned bring songs that affect you and speak to you, and this one, my brother and I would drive to high school together and listen to this album and like many of the other artists he loves. And he, so my brother loves this band, and in turn, I love this band. But, and I learned a lot about the music because of him, you know, him talking about mm -hmm. it. <laughs> uh, any other bands he was into? Oh gosh, uh, Project 86. Yeah? Yeah. They're great. I have a few of their albums. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about, can you, do you think anybody can sing? I think every single person can sing. Yeah. I am such a firm believer on that. Can people all sing well? Um, no. You can say no. <laughs> no. Yeah, I agree. Ah, uh, but yes, everyone can sing. Uh, it doesn't, I mean, you might sound like a dying seal, but <laughs> you can sing. Because uh, singing is, it's getting sound to come out of your body and it's coming out of a deeper place, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, have you ever plateaued? So yet in your four years of making a sincere run at this, you feel like you've topped out at your skill level. Who? Yes. Mm -hmm. I. That's kind of why I saw the vocal coach I saw at Music Academy of the West because I could not break through a couple of um, negative habits, and I. So even when I speak, I speak in my head voice. So I'm going to slip into that right now. So usually I speak up here all the time. And so all of my sound is coming from like in my face. So as I'm, just, and it's not a very nice sound. So as I'm talking to you right now, I'm actually coming and I'm trying to use my power out of more of my body. 
and I kind of call this like my chest voice, which it not isn't necessarily, but it's kind of a combination. <clears throat> I can hear the difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's more bass to it. Yeah, yeah so mm-hmm. it's like a richer sound. Rounder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've been trying in my life to learn how to sing like this a little more, and I don't think I I couldn't do it until I was able to have those two lessons with her. And the way that she finally got me to um, feel what she was trying to describe was she told me to sing there was a window in the room and she told me to look out the window and sing to the people, you know, across the highway or whatever it was. What? Yeah. And it, it worked and it clicked for me. And cause I always thought that, um, like my chest voice had to come from like really, really harsh sound <laughs> like this. It's like horrible. It sounds horrible <laughs> and it feels horrible and I, it, it's exhausting and I, I can't keep that up and it's not necessarily, uh, right yet for me. I don't even know if it ever would be. So, Anyway, yes, I definitely, it's like going to a counselor if you're going through something emotionally. Like, we need we need those people who are experts to guide us through the moment. So, I definitely, definitely have felt like I plateaued. Oh. <laughs> and then worked forward. And then if you hit another plateau, if you want to move forward, maybe you need some guidance and help. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, that can be, that's true. I think in all kinds of art, I've done mm-hmm. photography for over 20 years and, um, there've been times where I just didn't, didn't have a passion to shoot or I didn't know how to go about changing, uh, my style. And I found, uh, with creativity, sometimes when you plateau, it's good to set up some strictures, some boundaries, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, wow. force yourself to be limited in a way. Mm-hmm. So that you can actually bust through and see things from a new perspective. I read about a photographer who he was a photojournalist for decades, mm-hmm. had had every opportunity, all the equipment and places to go photograph, but he felt a malaise over his art. Uh, he just didn't really care much for it at that point. So what he did is he said for one summer, he only photographed a, I think a six foot by six foot patch of poppies in his garden and he used one camera and one lens and that's it for the whole summer and he said that he experienced a lot more breakthroughs in that one summer than his whole career that makes sense actually yeah well because he had to force himself to be creative with this one model or this one item kind Mm -hmm. of thing wow yeah i mean and that that happens in music production and writing you Mm -hmm. know i was talking to some guys the other night about uh, analog synth world and how there's and, and interfacing uh, using a digital audio workstation and there are unlimited sounds samples instruments plugins etc that that we can use but the problem there is that if you have all these options it's almost like you're overstimulated and you can't yeah. actually get into that creative space mm-hmm. so sometimes it's helpful to just be <laughs> simplistic and use a, a minimalist approach. Speaking of minimalist approach, you brought up a song by Penny and Sparrow. Oh, yeah. Called Gold. I'm obsessed with this song right now. And I, I just learned about them. Sorry, Penny uh-huh. and Sparrow. I didn't know who they were until a few weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Yes, this song is amazing. Called Gold. Let's see what's so special about it. Covered <laughs> in Getting my skin I recall you I recall when 
pulling your shirt up over your head. You're laughing, get stuck, get stuck in bed. All that I do is a shadow of you and the light you make. I'm turning my face away from the shade. Swaying on cue, I'll be mimicking you and the way you shake. You're difficult, love. I'm a narrow escape. All of my clothes, none of which fit. Bringing back us, meeting this kid. Covered up red, figured out fame. Honor your death, making my name. All of my guilt and the way that I'm built, I don't sleep so well. All of that hope, the end of a road. Swinging on cue, I'll be mimicking you and the way you fall. When I know what you know, it's an easy let go. Real simple. Yeah. Just a few elements going on. Yeah, musically, it's not a difficult song, right? Yeah. It's and lyrically, it's not either. They're just kind of making space for you to think and feel. I think mm-hmm. while they're performing the song. I just, I also love the fact that they're not shy with the harmony and they make dissonance in the harmony as well yeah and i didn't know what these guys looked like until i looked them up and I, they're totally different from what i thought they would look like <laughs> they're amazing yeah yeah um makes me think of the civil wars yes that's my i have a little surprise thing. for you what is what that? is that there oh look at this i was just digging through my closet what so this is a ticket on december 10th wait what when was this yeah 2010 or December 18th, 2010. Oh my gosh. So that's at Cafe du Nord, small, like a basement um, venue uh, in San Francisco. So jealous. It was, 
the guy with his guitar and, yeah, and her is sharing a mic. Really? That's it. Yeah. They just shared Very a mic. minimalist. Wow. And so getting, you know, getting back to that point about exploring creativity. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's good to just strip down all the the extracurricular stuff and focus on how to how to generate with with minimal um I don't know, minimal stimulations, minimal options. Yeah. Yeah, this was funny. Then shortly <laughs> after this show, they uh they blew up pretty big. Yeah. Like they could have not done that small wow. of a show. There was maybe 80, 100 people or something mm-hmm. there. I mean, they won yeah. a Grammy. When yeah. was that? 2012, I think, maybe, mm-hmm. was when they won their Grammy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just... And Joy Williams started off in the Christian music world and then left that and then kind of became... I think she was at a music workshop when she met JP. Uh-huh. And that's how they started. Yeah. Yeah. I really... It's a good sound, still alive. Um mm-hmm. There's another group I'll show you. I don't know if you know about them yet. The Swell Season. Uh-uh. Have you heard of them? Not yet. Okay, so here's a little background. Uh, there did. There's a movie about them called Once. Hmm. Great movie. It's uh, the role of music and how it can bring people, uh, performers, artists together. Um, it's yeah, just a sweet story. It seems like it's going to go towards a romantic kind of rom-com. Doesn't go there at all. It's just more about being genuine and letting okay. music uh, relieve us of the emotions that are difficult to process and helping us find a voice for them. So I got into them uh, way back, let's see, 2009-ish. Oh, cool. I uh, went and saw them. This was up in the Bay Area. <clears throat> it was a sad story, a little bit. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I went to go see them live at the Mountain Winery up in the barrier oh, so it's yeah. this beautiful venue i know right? that place yeah yeah outdoor um you can see the whole south bay lit up at night just wow. gorgeous nice summer night and there with uh with some people mm-hmm. and the swell season's up they're playing they get a third of the way through their set and then it's just um glenn and marquetta together uh, mm-hmm. she's on the piano singing and during this song um out of nowhere something drops from above them onto the front of the stage and at first i thought it was a jacket or some like a suitcase or something what yeah but it turns out uh here's the hard part (laughs) it turns out it was a person who had jumped from this three-story house that overlooks the stage and he committed suicide there at the show what yeah what? Um, <laughs> what? They didn't, the performers didn't know right away. So they look, you know, because it's dark. Uh, and they saw it was a person who had jumped right on their monitor speakers. <clears throat> what? Yeah. So instantly when they figure out what was going on, uh, they say, hey, is there a doctor out in here? Is there a doctor? Yeah. And like three or four of them come up there and check mm-hmm. some things out. And, you know, it was not good. They, wow. uh, the guy, he, I'm guessing, he, I think he died there, like yeah. right there. Um, and it was just a horrible, horrible feeling in, across the whole place. You know, the right. show stopped um, and everybody had to wait around. Sheriff's Department come and do their whole investigation and stuff. Turns out later that uh, the this guy who committed suicide had just gone through a, seemed like a really difficult breakup and he was trying to mm. just find his footing and stuff. But um, the song that they were singing the tagline is when your mind's made up there's no point trying to change it 
uh, a friend of mine pointed that out after the fact. So oh my gosh. I don't, I'm not going to play that song, but I'll play another one by them uh, in just a moment here. But yeah, it was um, just inter- interesting how that the music had evoked this sort of decision making for that person who was in such pain hmm. um, and couldn't find the help that he needed. So and then the the group had to perform the next day up in I think it was Seattle or something. Oh man! You know, so to imagine trying to process something like that, but yeah. then still having to be a performer. I don't know. You get man. up in front of people. You probably cut that song from the set, you know, because. Yeah. You're gonna have negative association with it. Yeah, horrible. I can't imagine horrible. that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so they, yeah, so they had a really really great trajectory. For a number of years and then um, split up. I think it was sort of the like romantically involved conflict kind of thing mm. between the two leaders and they um, they couldn't reconcile. So Glenn has continued though to have a really good musical career, mm. uh, notable. So this song here I'll play is uh, In These Arms and it's similar to that very basic um, male, female, vocal, heavy song uh, mm. style. Excuse me. the truth as a weapon to beat up all your friends every chink in the armor an excuse to cause offense and the boys from the hallway calling out your name and true love will find them in the end You were restless I was somewhere less secure So I went running to the road And so now there The long list of places I was I quit my rambling Maybe I was 
Yeah, if you check out their album, <laughs> I was really impressed with the diversity between tracks. Track to track, there's just different instrumentation, different vocal style, energy. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, really great, um, really great group. Yeah. So the, the musically, that's sort of a minor key, kind of sad, but the message is nice, right? Yeah, nice paradox. So yeah, yeah, good dichotomy between the two. Huh. Uh, well, I'll play one more song, and I want to get your reaction here. I'm hoping <laughs> that maybe you'll be able to cover. Do you know Lapsley? No. Ring a bell yet? Okay. Uh-uh. Did you send me a song by them once? Uh, probably. And okay. I, I send you, I, I do send you songs. It's good. I With like some it. some kind of regularity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Lapsley singer from uh, England, I believe. Oh, cool. And just has a beautiful, beautiful voice, right? So a lot of the music that she writes is featuring her voice. She has one song called Operator that I think would work really well for your, oh, cool. um, your bank of songs that you play. It's a high energy disco. <laughs> <laughs> This one, however, um, stronger message, I think, and just really fun. So check this one out, and let me see if, what you think about it. Push me aside when the day ends, and the light is for a lifetime put my life flying so you'll feel you've won i know i may look opaque i may look like i've made way too many mistakes i Share sky. 
super cool. Yeah, I've when never I heard her. So when I first saw the video for this, I gotta admit I cried. Wow. <laughs> some tears coming down. Yeah, it's cool. A lot of power in her voice. Mm-hmm. I've heard some comparisons to Adele. I think uh, uh, I prefer her this gal's voice more, though. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, a little more of a alternative sort of yeah. approach to the style. Right. So what do you think? You can sing this? Ah. Sing, her, sing some of her music someday? I think it'd be cool. To imitate the sound, I'd have to get... There's an electronics sound yeah. to it you know what i mean yeah, but yeah. i wonder how we could do it acoustically yeah, I'll show it to the boys i'm starting to tinker with some electronic stuff oh cool anyway yeah uh so that's lapsley songs love is blind love is blind love is blind when the, the lights, lights go out, go out. Yeah. dang Very nice right yeah i like that lyric a lot yeah <laughs> um so maybe last comment here is um as far as genre goes how do you uh, pick songs that you know you can uh, perform well or, or how do you gravitate towards certain styles of music you want to perform? That's a good question. I think that I've learned in the last several years that I can perform certain genres better than others and they that I think what that means and what I've noticed is that they seem to come out of me easier and I, I'm more understanding of like the timing of the song and how to cut the nuances out to get the message communicated um the person that i work with the most my my pianist he pointed out to me a few years ago that i can feel timing for jazz pretty well and it seems pretty natural i wonder if that's because i went to like jazz and show choir camps when i was in junior high and was starting to sing some of that music but i just think it's the way i'm wired and so i think that i do sing country really really well i do sing jazz really well um ballads ballads are mm-hmm. always they always seem to get a really good response from people i mm-hmm. think you've noticed mm-hmm. at different shows i can do like valerie i can do those dancey tunes but i don't always feel them as much or i like them but i don't love them mm-hmm. kind of thing so mm-hmm. yeah and i i um i want to go back to as I'm listening and kind of thinking back to our first question, if I may go back to that. Um, I think some things I said might have been discouraging to people starting out in music or, or off even in some ways of comparing what a musician and a performer is. I want to go back to um, the the reason why I think there is a difference is because I've seen so many people say they want to be on stage singing and doing what I do or whatever, what someone else does. And yet they don't understand that there's that uh, energy and the, uh, it's an effort to communicate and be the entertainer too. So there is a double element there. And I think some people are born with that naturally and some people aren't. And I think that we're talking about my career, I have it sort of naturally, but I have to really work on it. I'd rather just get up there and sing my music like if I'm in like a, uh, like a, a reverb kind of filled room. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like having people there to listen and watch, but I don't really always want to put in the effort to get them to engage, <laughs> which is lazy and also maybe where my mood is. Yeah, there's a lot of energy output from mm-hmm. you. You have to, I mean, people are going to match your energy if you're up there. If, you, if you're if you up there kind of lazy, you don't care, 
people aren't going to be engaged. It's really no point mm-hmm. in doing it. So, and yeah, even after you do shows, you're going to be exhausted. You right. put yourself out there that much. You know, somebody, people have to be ready right. for that kind of commitment. Right. It's be, emotional. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. People don't realize necessarily that after a show, it's like doing a full work day. Like an eight-hour work day, especially for like rock stars. Those guys are crazy. Like they have to have so much physical energy too. But I know that for me, I think about the performance all day. I'm like, I'm not doing certain things in the day so that I can have the energy to perform well. I try to have a good headspace before I go up. So yeah, the energy is. It's a lot. It takes a lot. Yeah, it's but, fun, but right, it takes and you a lot. use the phrase you said that's how you're wired. So mm-hmm. if somebody's wired that way, then they uh, ought to follow that calling. Mm-hmm. Really, I think you find that creativity and um, stay true to yourself to be able to sing uh, or play an instrument if you want to. If you're an instrumentalist like me, I'm I'm more of an instrumentalist. Although yeah. I do like to try to sing, and it helps uh, writing melodies. Uh huh. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So well. Thank you for hanging out here. <laughs> You're welcome. Give us an, giving Thanks, us Steven. an insight into what it means to be a performer and a musician, entertainer. Uh, we'll put a link to your website oh, on cool. our show Thanks. notes. Yeah. And um, also we'll put notes, uh, links to all the other songs we put up here. Yeah. Thanks for giving us a variety of music to consider. Yeah. yeah it's been a real treat. It's fun to talk about my i guess my perspective of what it means to sing mm-hmm. so thanks for having me yeah and you're very good at it let me oh, just say thank you <laughs> i'm sure you get a lot of that from thank people you. as you do shows but around here in santa barbara thank yeah. you yeah yeah well thank you to all of you for listening really appreciate the support and uh feel free to leave us some comments look forward to some more episodes coming up As I mentioned, we're going to do one with a vocal coach to get some even more insider uh, perspective on what it means to train the voice and to use that really well as an instrument. For now, this is Stephen Sysom from Music Well, uh, wishing you the best and look forward to meeting up with you again soon. (laughs) All right, thanks again, Katie. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right.